African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us uh, right here for another day to look at things from an African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa right here on the shortwave service uh, 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Uh, Thank you to our uh, sub-Saharan family who are listening to us on that platform. Remember, on DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Don't forget that you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.com. Well, today we're looking at a very interesting story. I think uh, uh, Facebook has found itself in a little corner where they don't want to find themselves. Earlier this month, it was revealed that Facebook allowed a researcher from political consultancy firm Cambridge Analytica, which worked on United States President Donald Trump's presidential campaign, to use data collected from 50 million users without their consent. Meanwhile, the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, confirmed uh, uh, this week that it had officially opened an investigation into Facebook following the privacy scandal. The current, the current investigation will aim to determine whether or not Facebook violated a 2011 consent decree that it signed promising stronger privacy practices. Uh, this incident has raised a number of concerns and questions which uh, we hope will be answered on the show but also want to know your thoughts around how you feel on uh, the issue of uh, your information being protected on social media uh, sites do you think it's safe remember you can interact with us on our twitter handle at channel africa one or at african dialogue well let's get into the conversation we've got palisa madumo who is a Vuma reputation agency executive director of strategy to look at things from a reputational perspective, Dr. Colin uh, Tekur, who is a director at uh, eSkills Lab. And also we've got uh, the very well-known uh, ICT journalist in South Africa, Toby Shapshank, who's joining us uh, on the telephone. Let me start the conversation with you, Toby. Where did Facebook get things wrong this time around? Well, Facebook has always had this information about its users. Um, and what's deeply worrying is that it has so much information. What Cambridge Analytica did was buy a bunch of data that uh, people had opted into. So they had agreed to give their data over, but they had agreed only with the... Toby, are you still there with me? Well, I think I've lost uh, Toby there. Try see if we can reconnect with him. I think we've lost him on that particular line. Let me take that to you, Dr. Takir, in terms of what Toby was saying just before we lost him there, saying that the data has always been there. They have a lot of data, personal data in, in that fact, but uh, the things seem to have gone wrong, especially the fact that they have been really questioned about uh, privacy practices historically uh, since the emergence of Facebook spoke and its popularity. Uh, true that. I think uh, what, what Facebook was doing, as uh, Toby used the word opt, opt in, you know, we, when you joined Facebook in, in those days, you had to opt in and, and they would 
harvest information about you, and the theory was that they would use the information to drive uh, context-sensitive information to you. So if you were a Namakosi fan, they would they would send information about your favorite football team <laughs> and things like that. Sure. Where this started turning to some darker, sinister corner was when the very same data that they were storing about you, and remember this is historic data, so, so they build data about you over a very, very long period of time. So they would know your opinion on many, many matters, and they would know whether you're a red person or a blue person, in other words, whether you're a Democrat or, or a sure. Republican. Sure. And this is what Analytica did. They started psychologically profiling the people, and the, and, the, and the method that they used was to work out if your reaction to, to the gun law in the U.S. was a particular way, it indicated that you were more likely to be a Republican than that. And if you had to look at the U.S. elections, you must remember that Hillary Clinton won the battle but lost the war. You know, she had three million more voters than... than than did uh, the guy with small hands, right? Mm, mm. And, 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 and the issue is, the issue there is that what Analytica did was they didn't care about the big numbers. They didn't care about winning the numeric numbers game. They cared sure. about winning the election. And they focused on the swing states and they focused on, on, on Facebook users from those swing states because they knew all you had to do was convert the swing states in, into a victory and those swing states, and that's exactly what they did. So they've done a very, very interesting kind of thing, illegal, dark, and sinister, but, but they've done that. They literally profile people through their public persona and, of course, hit behind the opt-in clause. And, of course, on top of that, the, the, uh, uh, the application that um, uh, Alexander Kogan uh, released, uh, I think he was, to be honest, hoodwinked into, into this whole process. Mm. I think he, 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 he was doing what, he, what all researchers <laughs> do, which is harvest data. And I think Cambridge University kind of you know, used him uh, illicitly to, to get the information. But here's the interesting power of the multiplier. Sure. Uh, Cotton, Cotton, uh, had about 270,000 downloads, not 300, as, as the newspapers say. He had 270,000 data points, and between the, those 300 app downloads and their friends, you got to 50 million people. Can you see the power of the multiplier effect of the friends sure. of friends on social media? Wow. Um, let me bring that back to you, Toby. Um, sorry, we lost uh, you on the line there uh, in terms of uh, this issue of data analytics and how they're actually becoming very complex, uh, as was highlighted by Dr. Takir, and how we give people so much yeah. information on various app applications. It seems day in and day out, uh, whether you're using your credit card or whether you're checking up your maps and getting direction, it seems like that anal- that information is becoming a currency in itself. Yes, and it, and it always has been. And, and the terrifying thing is, is that you give up so freely. People think that they're getting some great service being able to use Facebook for free. Instead, they are giving up their privacy. And people often say, well, I've got nothing to hide or I've got nothing to lose. It's a fallacy you have. It's called your your privacy. And and that is the thing that we are going to miss the most when we look back at this period of society and life and realize um, just how much we've given up. Because as much as, as, as Cambridge Analytica didn't get the information legitimately, they did. And Facebook's business is predicated on selling us advertising. So the more Facebook knows about us and our likes and our dislikes, etc., etc., the more they can sell us targeted advertising. Mm-hmm. The only difference between Facebook and Cambridge Analytica is that mm-hmm. Facebook asked us for it. Cambridge Analytica didn't. didn't yeah. And Cambridge Analytica's agenda is to help sway an election. Now, that's, there's a word for that. We call it propaganda. Um, and and it's the deeply worrying part of all of this that that 
that it's been so, people have so easily surrendered this very intimate personal information about themselves. And that the, the problem for Facebook is, 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 is multiple. You mentioned the FTC. They had an agreement with Facebook in 2011 that Facebook would, 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 would respect certain privacy agreements, which I, I don't know, but I'm quite sure Facebook has probably uh, uh, broken those if this is the extent of it. Cambridge Analytica and Alexander Kogan, the psychologist who's at people, you know, the 270, 300,000 people who, who used it. The only reason he was able to get that much information is because that was Facebook's privacy setting. You could get information about yourself if you, if you agreed to an app. That developers could get it about yourself. And they could get it about all of your friends because that was what Facebook allowed. So Facebook's saying, oh, they got it illegitimately. It's a violation of our terms. But that's not strictly true. Strictly Facebook allowed that kind of data breach to occur because it hadn't thought through the scenario that we now faced with. So, there's a, and, the, and the worst still, Benjamin, is that they, they knew in 2015, they knew, they knew this sure, would happen. Sure, and sure. they didn't inform their users. So the users have lost two, you know, nearly three years, had their data out there being exploited, mm. being manipulated, being sold propaganda, sure. and Facebook should have told them. Mm. Facebook should have alerted yeah, its yeah. own users to say, by the way, uh, be aware of propaganda because these, you know, ghastly people have stolen it. And, well, and that's going to be the problem for them when we get regulators so, you know, Mark Zuckerberg before... Let, let me look at also the, the implications there, Toby, and, and let me bring that to Palisa. Palisa, also thank you for giving us your time. From a reputational damage, what does this do uh, for Facebook? Because privacy and trust are something that people have aligned a lot to Facebook. And I don't think a lot of people understand uh, the use of data in modern times and the utilization of information. That's absolutely true. I think people, you know, asking the layman to understand all the technicalities as Toby and the doctor have outlined is actually asking a bit too much of people because, you know, people use Facebook as a fun social platform, which is what it was intended for um, in the beginning. Mm. So you've got to understand that, you know, you, you're asking a lot from consumers um, who use the platform. So it comes back to Facebook, uh, you know, as a, as a responsible party to take full responsibility for how privacy happens um, or how people interact with, with their platform on a daily basis. So, for example, at Vuma Reputation Management, one of the things we, we really, really display as a cornerstone of reputation management is what we call the nine dimensions of reputation. And that is underpinned by trust, which is what you mentioned earlier on, uh, Benjamin, as well as uh, behavioral intention. So you've got to look at your organization holistically and see how that actually affects how people behave towards your brand and whether people still have that trust. And at this present moment, mm-hmm. Facebook is finding itself wanting and you know, in that perspective. Um, it's a very comprehensive approach. You know, right. it's not about saying, okay, we are Facebook. We've sorted out how we deal with trust or communication within our organization. You've got to look at your stakeholders, which is where uh, Alexandra Kogan comes in. Your stakeholders, your providers, what are they doing? How are they doing it? 
um, as Toby mentioned, Facebook had this information all the way from 2014, and they've mm. taken this long to, to actually take uh, the types of steps that they actually needed to take. Yes, they said they took a few mm. steps, but it's not enough. Mm. Um, and so, so at the end of the day, reputation management is a very, very comprehensive um, approach. So I'm going to take a quick bit. I'm going to stay with all of you. Very interesting insights that we're getting from our experts on the line. That's the voice of the Vuma Reputation Agency Executive Director of Strategy, Palisa Madumo. We also have Dr. Colin Tagir, who is a director at eSkills Lab and giving us the technicalities there. And Toby uh, Shepshank is ICT journalist uh, joining us there on the line let's take a quick break we'll be back remember interact with us on our social media at african dialogue is the twitter handle for this particular show but you can also go to at channel africa one where we're really asking you the question can we as social media users still trust facebook uh, with our personal data in a world where information has become a currency of profit remember when to hear your thoughts so you can tweet us on that particular at african dialogue twitter handle or you can send us your voice notes and messages us on our WhatsApp number on plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. That's plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. Hi, on the twenty eighth of March, Channel Africa will be hosting a seminar on the media and human rights for people with albinism in Africa. The theme of the seminar shall be people with albinism have human rights too. The Albinism Report, The Enlightened Narrative, a program that demystifies myths, mysticism and superstitions on albinism, whilst highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. For your comment on the rights of people with albinism, visit our social media platforms on Facebook, Channel Africa One, on Twitter, at Channel Africa One, on YouTube, Channel Africa Radio and on our website, www.channelafrica.org. The Albinism Report, the enlightened narrative, on Channel Africa, from an African perspective. Definitely, that's what we're all about, giving you things from that African perspective. We know that Facebook, from an African perspective, has been utilized as a very big uh, mobilizing uh, tool, especially when it comes to socio-political issues. It has really been one of those uh, issues that have actually helped in various countries for uh, the idea of fostering and strengthening freedom of speech. And now that we're seeing the fact that the information that we're utilizing and really providing as well in our Facebook pages can be utilized by third parties as something that can be concerning for even political figures, for activists, for you and me, ordinary citizens. Well, we're going to be speaking about this in terms of uh, what are the policies, what are the um, real uh, uh, privacy uh, uh, initiatives that have been put in place to make sure that uh, social media uh, owners of these networks are held accountable. Dr. Uh, Colin Takir, do we have policies in this regard to protect ordinary social media users? Look, the electronic communication for South Africa is pretty dated uh, at best. I used to serve on, on the triple C of ICASA. And I remember we always were, were, um, we always were lawyered up by, by the challenges of the act itself. And, you know, we have the Poppy Act that, that's sitting in the Parliament. Uh, hopefully uh, it, it'll, it'll come up with more comments because there are many, many issues with that one as well. 
My, my issue is that it's not so much policy and, and law, but remember, most of the people on social media, uh, 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 they, they suffer from foot and mouth disease. They, they get online and say things that they're going to regret forever. You know, the, the, short, the point is that once it's out there, it's out there. You know, it, it's not about policy. It's about you as an individual having the maturity to say, to think carefully. And people try to have an alter ego uh, online when they shouldn't. Let me give you one quick example that worries me a lot. Is that we have this notion of sharing things. Sharing things is where parents share out of love pictures of their children. And, and, and the sharing has gone so bad in, 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 in Great Britain where parents are now posting one picture every other day of, the, of their children. Here you are, you are providing information to, to pedophiles online every day, whole day, tracking your movement, tagging yourself, tagging your child, tagging your location. Mm. You are helping the pedophile to, to the end of the, of the limit. And, and what are you doing? Two children already, who are 18 and 17 years old in, in Australia and the USA respectively, have sued their parents for public humiliation. They are saying that the pictures are the portions of them. So, so what I'm saying is that, you know, we as individuals, we are the people that log online, we are the people that use it. Policy can help us to a certain level. But it's your fingers on that keyboard. Well, is is that true, Toby? Because the question that can be really asked is the fact that uh, don't these uh, um, big social media networks have too much power in their own hands and there needs to be some form of intervention to make sure that they are also regulated? Yes, I mean, unfortunately, you know, regulation is a scary uh, word for any South African, isn't it? <laughs> pretty bad history of it. Sure. Um, but what's, what's, what's really more concerning is, is that this, this is gone, it's done. All of those, all of those things have happened. Um, you know, they've, they've, it's, it's, it's happened. The information has been stolen. It's out there. You know, and, that's, and that's what's scary. Because now there's no way to claw it. Like, sure, we're going to have uh, the Poppy Act, of, you know, the protection of personal information. But in the same way, the big masterpiece elite of last year, all of that debt is out there and stolen, and there's no repercussions for anybody who was involved in it. That's the scary thing. So, so Facebook is in serious trouble. I don't know if you've seen the cover of The Economist. that has got a, a picture of the, the Facebook logo, the F falling, and it says epic fail. <laughs> and the F was, you know, for fail. And it's... And this is the situation we're in. It's, 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 it's really bad news, but the horse is bolted. You know, that, that ship has sailed. All of our details and our data is there. I went on to find out what apps have got information, and I discovered monster.com, the, the, the jobs website, had permission to view my profile. Oh, wow. I don't remember ever giving that. I don't ever look at monster.com. I don't ever look at... Uh, at jobs websites. I never have. I, I seldom even link in. How on earth did that, that happen? Did I do it? Did I put on me? Did someone else do it and therefore they've got to me? Who knows? Mm. Facebook won't be able to tell me. Now the other scary thing that we've discovered, so there's been multiple issues here for, for Facebook what Facebook's going to deal with. Uh, Android users have been downloading their data. Oh, yeah, I saw that, that, yes. That Facebook has been logging all of this, phone calls, their mm. SMS, it's called metadata. Now they've known everything. Now this was something that Android allowed, mm. but Facebook abused and Facebook took advantage of it. And even worse, if you, had, if you had given Facebook permission or the Facebook app permission to use this, um, uh, with older versions, newer versions stopped it and then ultimately stopped it completely, if you'd given Facebook an older version, they could carry on 
carry on getting that data. Now, it's not just Facebook problem. It's, it's, it's Google as well, and it's Twitter. Google, it turns out, has been using Android to track people even when they've said, do not track me. Wow. These revelations came out earlier this year, even when, even when, uh, when, when people re-wiped their phones and reinstalled mm. them, mm. Android, therefore Google, carried on tracking you in spite of people saying, don't track me. So, so we live in a surveillance economy, sure. not a surveillance state. That was apartheid. Wow. We live in a surveillance, surveillance economy. economy. Yeah. And yeah. it's terrifying. Well, that's very worrying. And, you know, I want to bring this to you, Palisa, in terms of this has become a trend in various uh, uh, platforms, as was emphasized by Toby there. And the question comes forward where, you know, the relationship between customer and service provider in terms of privacy is brought to the forefront here. How important is the privacy of customers in a service and in any transaction, even if it is uh, utilizing an online app? Or s- mm, I mean, it's, it's extremely important. I think everybody, you know, wants to believe that the platforms that they utilize uh, are protected by the people who own them and people, you know, freely give out their information as has been discussed um, in detail earlier. Um, but the the issue is that strange responsibility, that strange, uh, very blurred line in terms of who takes responsibility for that content. And I really like what the doctor said earlier in terms of you need to be very careful what you post on on, on social media yourself, because at the end of the day, if you if you are going to have your data stolen or or or, or, or taken over by a third party or the the first party that you're utilizing, you need to make sure that at least it's the kind of data that is not. Um, you know, putting you in, in, a, in, a, in a particular predicament. So I think it's quite important from a personal reputation perspective to always ensure yeah. that from, on the social media platforms, you utilize your privacy uh, settings, you go and make sure you limit whatever it is you need to, to limit, whether it's tagging or whatever it is, and ensure that you, you've, you've tidied that up. But then again, again, it comes back to the fact that it's quite difficult to track all of that on all the different platforms. Facebook owns Instagram. Instagram is huge in South Africa. Everyone Mm. is posting their best life hashtag, best, (laughs) and all of that. And, you know, everyone can can, can see what you're up to. And it's quite important to take responsibility for that because, after all, your data can be used for political purposes, such as we're finding um, what happened in the UK and in the US with this particular case. So it's quite important to ensure that from that perspective you're covered. But there's also consequences for the for the organizations. I mean, Facebook is down 7%. Um, they've lost $43 million. You know, in rands, that's 500 billion rands that they've lost. Mm-hmm. And that's why, as an organization, it's absolutely fundamentally important for you to understand how you are actually going to protect the privacy of the people who use your platforms. Because once that trust mm-hmm. is lost, I mean, the Teslas, the advertisers from Mozilla to Commerce Bank, all of them have pulled out their advertising, mm-hmm. and it affects your bottom line. So the responsibility and the ethics of 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 you know the things that you are responsible for as a company have never been more important than they are today, particularly in the digital space. You know, so that blurred line becomes quite important. Yes, as a personal, uh, as a person, as an individual, you have a responsibility. But as organisations, you're going to lose money if you do not start acting ethically in a way that is acceptable internationally. Mm. 
Dr. Takir, you know, um, both Palisa and Toby highlighting the fact that you need to manage what's on happening online, but we still don't really know who's got the source of even the information that you're actually giving out. And sometimes you're not giving it out. Sometimes it's just the way they track things or they track your mobile phone and its activities, as was highlighted by Toby from a Google perspective. So for me, it's coming back to this issue about what Toby was talking about when he phrased it as online surveillance or the surveillance economy. Um, Should that be actually something that we start considering of managing and making sure that uh, as various governments can be able to not utilize it, but make sure that they put in place things that protect their own citizens? Absolutely. I mean, I just want to read a a quote by um, Eric Schmidt, uh, who was the CEO of Google. And you must remember, Google has been very silent in this matter, and and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Toby will agree with me uh, that that they're going to come under the radar very, very soon. Uh, uh, um, uh, Schmidt said in, I think it was 2010, we know where you are. You you don't need to type at all. We know where you are. We know where you've been. We can even more or less tell you what you're thinking about. Now, this is the kind of level of surveillance economy that they have here, that by, 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 by plotting our movements, by checking, by, by tagging, by us tagging repeatedly, we are actually giving these people so much of information about us that, that they know more or less what we're going to do before we even do what we do. So I really am interested in this new notion of, of, the, of the forget-me policy uh, that, that's been coming out, and then there's an increasing movement. That, Can you that, tell that, us a little bit about that uh, forget-me well, uh, it, policy? It's it, 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 a policy that, that, that forces a service provider to reveal all the information that they have about you, but also to, to delete all the information they have about you. Okay. So this is this to precede the notion of the Poppy Act, where you can get information within a country. It's still in its infancy, but I'm, I'm, I'm a true uh, supporter of, of that particular uh, process. Well, let me take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back to our guests. We're just about to wrap up the conversation just in a few minutes, and uh, we'll see if we can find the way forward. I think we've highlighted some of the issues that need to be done, but we'll uh, continue with this discussion. Remember, interact with us on our social media, at Channel Africa 1, at African Dialogue, on our Twitter handle. Uh, The contradictions of that is that we're talking about social media, how it's tracking us, and here I am as well saying, go to our Twitter handle and give us your thoughts. Very interesting world that we live in. Let's take a quick break. This is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. To the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and apathy. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us make Africa the tree of life. 
Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Time right now is uh, 26 minutes to uh, 12 o'clock Central African time. Remember, we have our uh, business news still coming up in around a few minutes and also we'll get our sports thereafter. Let's try to wrap up this uh, conversation. Let me uh, come to you, Balisa, as we're about to round things off. Uh, In terms of the issue of uh, how we relook at the issue of how we utilize and disseminate information we also live in a world of fake news so all of that is conflated uh, in this dynamic of what's happening on social media as a responsible a person who's engaging with social media what tips would you give an organization specifically on how to engage with the kind of information it puts out there and the kind of information that it receives from its users mm. I think um, essentially people need to take responsibility. Organizations need to take responsibility in terms of what they own in terms of our data. Um, And that is really underpinned by a statement that I think is extremely important, and that's for all of us not to be afraid of the future. When you look at the future with the Internet of Things, things are going to be data heavy. Everything is going to be about where you are, how you're getting tracked, and and all of that. So we shouldn't be afraid of the future per se. What we need to be doing is ensuring that you have people's permission um, for that tracking or for that, you know, um, surveillance economy, as you guys have uh, have described it. You need to just make sure that, you know, as a country you have uh, regulations that that prevent people's information from being leaked. And also as, as an organization, you go a step above to to protect people's uh, data and content because at the end of the day you are responsible for that and in fact you want people to come back on your platform you don't want to lose that that trust element because it's extremely difficult to build up a, a reputation as you know you can have a great reputation and and, and scandal like this can really take away from that so Absolutely. It's about ensuring that you take full responsibility and like Facebook has done, apologize where you need to take where you need to take responsibility and ensure that people understand what you're about and can buy into that. Uh, Toby, um, as was highlighted there by Palisa, is that uh, we shouldn't be afraid of this future. Do you agree? Well, we shouldn't be afraid, but we should be wary of what it is that we do with our information and we should be more paranoid. You know, someone said to me the other day, you're very paranoid. I went, thank you for the compliment. And no one can protect your data like you can. People need to be conscious of what it is they're giving up. If you say, I've got nothing to hide, you, you're fooling yourself. You have your privacy. And your privacy is very, very important. So just be conscious of it. You know, in any other instance, a CEO like Mark Zuckerberg would be forced to resign. But this man owns and controls, or he controls, of Facebook. It's a fascinating problem. I mean, the same kind of scandals hit Uber, you know, the most valuable Mm. startup in the world. And eventually the the CEO was forced out. I'm I'm, I'm surprised we're not talking about that at the moment. Mm. Dr. Takir, what are your final sentiments with this discussion? Uh, So my, my, my criticism of Facebook was that, you know, they need to respond in internet time, not, not, not in lawyer time. You know, Zuckerberg's uh, silence was deafening. Mm. You know, the role of engagement is tell the truth, tell it quickly, say it immediately. Uh, don't do what Tiger Brands did with the, with the Lysidiosis crisis. They only opened the Twitter account a week after, after the crisis. So, so the future is here. It is going to be social media, whether you like it or not. We need to embrace it, and we need to basically respond to it in real time and recognize the dangers, 
but also remember that your future customers is going to come from that medium. So whether you like it or not, it's here to stay and you have to grow with it. Well, thank you to our guests. Very fascinating, dynamic, and very, very progressive conversation that we've had. Thank you to Toby Shapshank, who is the ICT journalist, speaking there before Dr. Colin Takir, who is the director at eSkills Lab. Thank you as well to Palisa Madumo, who has joined us to look at things from a reputational perspective from Vuma Reputation Agency. She's the executive director of strategy there. Uh, thank you guys for giving us your time. Remember, thank we're going to put cast the conversation uh, so we'll make sure that if you're just joining us that you can get into what we were talking about uh, so do join us on our various platforms at channel africa one it's the numeric one at the end or at african uh, dialogue and uh, remember you can also give us your thoughts if you were listening to us and uh, you really want to add your voice uh, to the conversation remember you can also send us your thoughts via our whatsapp number you can either voice note or message us on plus two seven seven six three zero 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 three three two seven. That's our WhatsApp number. Plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. Well, let's have some music just to wrap up that great conversation. This is Tribute Bird in Boweni with one titled No More. Show!